Welcome to the Swim Swim Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. We are joined by Swim Swim Editor-in-Chief Brayden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and our international swim star, Savant. She covers everything worldwide, Loretta Race. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, good, Coleman. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It was an eventful week of swimming. Yeah. I don't want to, to chit chat this week. I just want to do swimming. There was so much that went on. There's so much swimming. We're starting with the 2021 winter speedo junior championships, East and West wanted to get that one, right? I'm going to say it. You guys doubted Thomas Hailman would break six nags and he did six nags on the dot. What do you think about that? Uh, these meets were crazy. Like each, each meet independently was fast enough that you could have called it the national championship. But when you, when you have this at two separate meets, it's just like, it's the continuation of this whole narrative we had after the pandemic kind of softened last year where kids were just swimming fast and fast and fast. You're like, what happened? And now it's, it's still going. Um, this feels like a golden generation, maybe, Maybe this is the pinnacle. I think clubs for a long time have been getting more and more advanced in their training. And maybe this is sort of the pinnacle of that, that we're seeing. Um, it's just crazy. Thomas Hellman is, is crazy. He could walk into a college team right now and he's a, a high school freshman and be borderline NCAA qualifier. Probably by March, he will have NCAA qualifying times. So um I don't know. It's wild. What Sandpiper is doing with, with, especially with those um, distance girls is amazing. I, it's like, you know, and, and then the, uh, how do you say his name? Ilya Karun from yep. Sandpiper, just listening yep. to that story and how he, he, you know, he was at Sandpiper when he was a kid, he left for a couple of years, went to another team, came back. They, it said, you know, reading between the lines, it sounds like maybe it took him some time to adapt to the sand, back to the sandpiper way of doing things. And once he bought in, like who saw that national age group record coming? Uh, you know, we we've written about him a few times this fall, but I don't think he was on national age group record mm-hmm. pace. That was just I, it was crazy. This whole weekend at Winter Juniors was crazy. When I saw Hyaman, when our, our headline said 14th NAG, I literally read it as fourth. Like that's literally what I thought it was over like, what what was it? 10 or 11 days, whatever. I was so taken aback by the fact that he just blew away that many records by that many former swimmers, you know, like MA, I think Michael Phelps is one of his records. I was like, Oh my God. And I looked at his two fly. Okay. And he had 26 mids in his last 150 of that 200 fly, which is just very impressive and shows control shows like it wasn't a fluke, you know, like he absolutely has methodology to his swimming. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to take notice of this guy. I was very, very just surprised by how dominant he was. Do we think his success in the two fly and two free? I mean, we've got to give Gary Taylor credit for that. Right. Cause, cause he's been a very good sprinter throughout the age groups and and Thomas has had three coaches in three years but his latest is Gary Taylor who's best known as the former head coach at Auburn and he was um distance coach at NC State before that where he coached an NCAA champion so we've got to we've got to give some credit I think to the Gary Taylor and we have to assume at this point that the UVA coaches have some influence there now that their club merged with his club um 
but it's just, it, you know, somebody who can go from the 50 free to the 200 fly, that's what this generation does, right? Like the, yeah. the, we've been talking for so long about how you can't win anything anymore without specializing, but then this generation comes along and they're like the anti-specialists. It, it, it's true that, okay, I get that. But at the same time, we're talking about, okay, we're looking worldwide and we have David Popovich and we have Jacob Whittle, for example, okay, Romania, Great Britain, who are sub 50 at 14 years old in the 100 free. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's phenomenal. Okay. Kick butt in, you know, these gamut of events, but at the same time, like when you think of, okay, metal contenders, there are 14 year olds who have been what, two seconds, one and a half seconds faster than he is in the hundred free. So it's, so I get what you're saying. Like you want to be okay. This like multidiscipline athlete, but there comes a time when you have to kind of focus on what's going to get you on the podium. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. didn't swim the hundred free long course in finals. He wound up scratching in finals, but I was, I, I honestly thought his hundred free would be a little better. You know, we don't have to be too critical of a 14 year old, but um, <laughs> just based on where his 50 was, which was 22, nine and where his 200 was, which was a one fifty one. Right. I have to believe he can be a little, I think he was a Coleman fact check me. I think he was like a 51, two or a 51, three in the hundred free. Is that right? I, yeah, you'd have to give me a minute. On that one. <laughs> I bet I can beat you to it. <laughs> All right. We're racing I, I think right it was 51-something. You, 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 <laughs> you guys ever play that Wikipedia game <laughs> where you would race to see uh, who can... who can? Oh, no, uh, but that sounds like fun. Like, 51 one two. Who can what? Okay, you beat me. <laughs> like two people start on different Wikipedia pages and then they have to get to the same one or they race to get to the same one. Oh, only by oh clicking God. links. Okay. Yeah, that sounds crazy fun. We should do that sometime. That's you what, that's what we do that next week on the podcast. Way too much time on your hands. Oh my God. Um, getting getting back to this golden age to me for like an overall theme, it felt like so like 2012 Olympics for us, right? Like it was a good team. There was some veterans and there were some really young kids. And then Rio, by the time 2016 came around, like totally dominant, like so many people in their prime or at their best swimming. And then Tokyo was kind of the same thing where you kind of dipped down, you had some veterans and then you had some really young ones. And after seeing this juniors, it feels like 2024, we could really get back to that Rio phase where like we have so many people firing in their prime or like top times from veterans we have now to, you know, the Olympic heroes of 2021. And then these young kids, especially you already have two Olympians and Katie Grimes and Bella Sims who could just be like dominant well, by 24. Let's take that bigger picture, Coleman. You know how I always like to bring up the money side of everything. Look at LA 2028, do that math. These kids are all going to be 23, 24 in LA 2028, which is going to be the biggest you thing are obsessed. that is- Yes, you are obsessed with saying that it is. I know it's going to be the biggest thing financially. So we got we have NIL deals. We have LA 2028 coming up. Maybe this is what will put swimming over the edge. Like maybe (laughs) the US goes to LA 2028, wins every gold medal um, in a home Olympics with billions (laughs) and billions of eyeballs, and swimming is suddenly a first tier. Um, okay, are you, are Loretta you hates this about, idea. Are, yeah, well, I'm saying, are you forgetting about Diaceto? Are you forgetting about Titmus from Australia? I mean, Diaceto is going to be like 100 like... years old in 2028. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. How old are you? You're you're older than he is. 
Yeah, and I'm going to be 101 years old in 2028. <laughs> okay. I, I just, I think U.S. will be dominant. I think U.S. will be, but I think there's several swimmers who are like ready to just burst onto the scene on 2024 Paris that, like Ilya Borodin in the, in the 400 IM, Russia. I mean, there's, there's, you know, Tommy Neal, Australia. I mean, there, I, I could name like 5,000 who could potentially. We need to call Mel of- up. We need to get Mel on this podcast to tell us how many gold medals the U.S. is going to win because we know his answer. He's going to take my side and agree that that the U.S. will win them all. So I think I think bottom line is the future looks bright for for the U.S. We'll leave it at that, because speaking of bright futures, short course world champs is right around the corner. It starts in just a couple of days. Who, what events are you most looking forward to, Loretta? Let's start with you. Give me your top okay. events. Men's hand down 200 free. Okay. We have Tom Dean. We have Duncan Scott. We have Matt Sates, the rising star from South Africa. Uh, let's see who else we have. Fernando if, Sheffer, um, do, Brazil. Do, do we what? think if Matt Sates wins multiple gold medals at this meet that he skips Georgia? No, 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 no. He's, I don't think he's going to win gold. I don't, I personally do not think he's going to win one gold, but but regardless, no, but regardless, he's not going to go to Georgia. He's just not. (laughs) Sorry. It's done. It's done deal. He's he's touting, you know, all these quote, you know, quasi sponsors on social media. He's like, has a huge check from, you know, FINA world cup. Quite honestly, why would he go to Georgia? I, Tuition I'm sorry, at Georgia but... isn't that expensive, I guess. Tuition at Georgia is only like 30k a year, even out of state. So that's not that he can he can pay for that with his World Cup check, right? I'm just saying, you know, he could always go to college. Like, I I don't know. I just feel what if like he goes he... to Georgia and doesn't swim varsity. <laughs> do you think he could? Do you think he would do that? Do you think he'd just go no. to Georgia and train as a pro? No. You think so? You think he's staying in South Africa? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see having... him. I'd like to see him wind up somewhere like France or Hungary or. But why? He's having success. He's improving time. I I do feel but... like this is this is a Noe Ponti situation where he you know he won an Olympic medal, then he went to NC State because he'd already committed, and then he tried it for like a few weeks, and he's like, uh, I'm already swimming really fast. My life is already good. I don't need to change it um i feel like sates is kind of on that trajectory but didn't win an olympic medal so maybe he's still in that place where he's like no but i could change there. like i he wasn't even he I, I totally get what you're saying coleman but he wasn't at the same level as noe was at tokyo like like he's kind of peaking right after tokyo you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so i feel like I just personally I feel think like you guys are you agreeing anything that yeah we are. Yeah, we are we are agreeing we are agreeing so, okay. Men's 200 okay. free. Sorry. We Men's derailed you. Free. We derailed you. <laughs> my, that's my bad. So, I, nobody wants to hear okay. us talk about swimming, right? No, no, no. Okay. Okay. So I know you guys are going to totally freak out, but I think men's 200 free. I'm going with Korea's Hwang Sun Woo because I feel like he is, he gained confidence from Tokyo. Yes. He totally went out. Like, what was he? 49, whatever in a hundred long <laughs> You know, it, it was awesome. Course. Yes, 
It was. Okay, so he crashed and burned, but he like had the confidence to do that. I feel like that's going to feed into these short course world championships. And he only has, I think, one or two. I think he's only doing the 200 and the 100. Maybe one other event. I can't believe so, you're shading your boy Duncan Scott like that. Uh, Duncan has been your boy for years. Okay, okay. But I have Duncan kicking butt in like the 200 IM, 400 IM. Like, pick anything. I mean, the dude's going to be swimming like what? Like six events? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying one event he might not end up on top. Okay. So I think I'm he saying, goes 139 and wins. Sorry. Okay. So is this my little segment or is this? No, <laughs> it's, it's our segment, Loretta. Go so on. I think it, I think it's going to be Wang Sun Wu. And then I think it's going to be Duncan Scott. Okay. Number two, that's not that bad silver. I don't think that's that far off. And okay. then I think it's going to be Romanian. David Popovich is going to take the bronze. DP. I've because got Duncan I, states Wong. Mm, Sorry. Right. Go I, on. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't think Sates is going to pull it out in this one. I just don't. Okay. All right. What else you got? So let's see here. Next one is 400 IM. Okay. Which people gave me crap on Swim Swam about not including Carson Foster, which I totally get. Okay. He's awesome. Texas, get it. Cincinnati, okay. He like trained at the club I used to coach for. I get it. However, he's kind of untouched, untested in short course meters. I mean, he kind of is. So you can't definitively say he's going to be on the podium. I think what's his best long course meters time? I think I have 408. Okay. From he was like, number one in the world long course last year, right? Not a, not a, a meet that counted, but I think he right. was number yes. one. Number, yeah, okay. fastest time in the world. At that local okay. Austin meet after the fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, what does that translate to? I don't know. Four something. Three something. Four yeah. Three so three so something. bottom line, he's not sub four. Okay. So Diaceto, Ilya Borodin, there's a couple others that are sub four minutes that are competing. Okay. So I'm thinking it's going to be Diaceto coming off of altitude, trying out Coley Stickles kind of in a rhythm i feel like muscle memory he just like knows how to do this kind of race Ilya borden and then obviously duncan scott like you said is totally scrappy the only thing about duncan is that this is his last event okay out of like what is it five six day meet so could be a little tired could be not i don't know i, I like know. the first two <laughs> i think i think carson I, given what you said, that it's Duncan's last swim of a long meet, I think Carson's going to bump Duncan, maybe even board. And I, I, I'm i good with the Seto win, and I'd probably go Seto, Foster, board. I wish Leon Marchand from France was swimming oh, this. I really yes. do. Yeah, because I really feel like He's he would so be good. a complete disruptor. I know. So he looks like he's 12 years old, but I, I honestly think he would totally just like bust out this awesome swim here. And so dude, I'm all about like, Daya, but I don't I don't see it. He's been he's been like he's had five coaches in the last three weeks. He's the top time this season. Yeah. So who do you think's gonna win, Coleman? I think Ilya, it comes down to Ilya and Carson. I think the two young because also because Daya will have more events than both of them that week. And so they will be more fresh. They're younger. Dai is only swimming the IMs. He's he's not doing the two fly this time. Yeah, I mean that's he, he has one more individual than Carson at least. Okay. 
Well, so then... so nobody has any. Is is um, Rossetti from Italy swimming it? I've he got is. Him open. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is could Sates? be a spoiler. Is Matthew Sates swimming it? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think he is either. But if I was him, I wouldn't. But yeah. okay. So my he, next he's event, entered in my... it. He's entered in it. I don't know if he'll swim it. Mm. The, okay. In South Africa, they can enter whatever they want because there's not like somebody else waiting for that spot. All right, Loretta, All right. what else do you got? Okay, so my third event for the men is the 100 back. Okay, obviously the whole controversy about Coleman Stewart not being in there, so that kind of sucks. Okay, but we uh, and we don't have Murray Murphy, but we do have uh, Kolesnikov from Russia. We do have Glinta from Romania. We have Diner or Diner from Germany. So I kind of feel like it's it's kind of a crapshoot like it's anyone's race which is why i think it's one to watch because whoever steps up that that particular race is going to take the gold is guido swimming he is yep i do have guido he let's see has a top time of 48.95 i think he's the only one under 49 and so there's only actually a handful of swimmers that are under 50 for that are actually competing in um abu dhabi that are under 50 so that's why i'm saying it's like really close and it's kind of like a crapshoot, really. So who do you think is going to win? Kolesnikov. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a pick. machine. Yeah. Oh, thank you. He's kind of a machine. <laughs> he is kind of a machine, but he's also he also just has bad races sometimes. Yeah. Like more than other swimmers. Uh, yeah, but I you mean, can't pick on that. I mean, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. All right, let's talk about the women. I want to talk about the women. Um. I've got two races I'm looking for. The the first is the hundred breast, um, and I think probably the two names that everybody's going to be thinking about, Schoenmacher and Lydia Jacoby, have not swum a short course meters race this year, so that's going to be interesting. Um, we know Jacoby hasn't been as good in yards as she has in long course meters. We'll see if that's just kind yeah. of a lack of peak training opportunities. Um, but then you've got Ali Atkinson, you've got the Italian women, You uh, is Chikanova swimming. I just think it's going to be a really, really deep race um, that's going to come down to who's sharp and who's not. Um, Chikanova's had some health issues, but she looked good at European championships and then wasn't as good in the ISL playoffs. Um, but, you know, she should be building back into form. So I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. I've probably got, uh, I'd probably take, I didn't, I didn't prepare my picks, um, but I would probably take Alia Atkinson because she seems really race sharp right now. Um, and I'd probably take Sean Mocker after that. And then for bronze, it's kind of like, can, can Jacoby do it short course or can she not do it short course? And that's kind of the difference. Whether mm -hmm. it's probably we we don't we don't know it's you know it's mm -hmm. all a guess at this point. I would definitely take Alia for for the win as well on that one. Lydia actually has swam short course at World Cups, um, but like yeah, it, Before, it wasn't. She had such a big drop going into Tokyo. It's yeah, it wasn't. The data points are like, what does this mean? You know, she was like fifth, yeah. I think, and like maybe but fourth at the same or time. Third. Okay, I'm gonna push for my Great Britain girl Molly Renshaw. Molly Renshaw. She has totally kind of had like resurgence. So she broke a couple records a couple years ago, and then she kind of like laid low for a bit. So, but she has kind of pumped up a little bit in in recent in in the recent months. So I wouldn't count her out as a potential minor medal contender. 
Yeah, maybe. She was 104.8 in the ISL. Um, it's probably going to take a 103 to medal, I would guess. So that's that's close enough to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's also, I feel like it'll just be interesting to see what athletes are doing coming who are in the ISL, like coming off of ISL into this. Like, it, it like is there enough time for a training block? Will they do a full taper? You know, I, I guess it'll just be interesting to see where athletes are at. Yeah. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a big topic in our previews is, you know, who, who was in the playoffs, who was in the final, who wasn't. And it's, it's, again, it's, we haven't really seen anything like the ISL in terms of the, the competition line out. So we don't know if, if, if there's a lot of great coaches in these ISL bubbles and maybe they're figuring out how to sort of hone this without it totally nuking your end of season meet. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. This will be interesting. This will be an interesting meet for that reason alone. So what's your other race, Braden? Uh, it's it's a race we don't focus on a lot in the U.S., but it's the women's 50 fly, which Ooh. is, it seems, yeah, I, it's a curveball, right? But when you look <laughs> through it on the women's side, it's easily the best field. Um, you know, you got Sarah Sjostrom, who is not swimming the 100 fly, um, mm-hmm. you've got Renomi who has gotten so good at the 50 fly through ISL. You've got the two mm-hmm. young Americans, Claire Curzon and Tori Husk, who are, um, who are, I presume rested and tapered for this meet. You got Maggie McNeil, and then you've got some weird names like, um, Arena Sarkova and some of these other. Okay. Names. Holly Barrett. I'm, I'm waiting for you to mention Holly Barrett here. <laughs> okay. And Holly Barrett, who's, <laughs> who's the only Australian swimming, right? <laughs> yes, she is. She yeah. is. Um, so you know, there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of I think in this women's 50 fly, there's a lot of kind of less traditional names. Uh Mike DeWard. Who am I forgetting? I'm probably forgetting somebody, but you know, it's Barrel, just, it, Barrel from France. Barrel from Barrel Gasodello yeah. from yeah. France. Um, who who is also training with Coley, um, speaking of which. So, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of like ways this could go. It both has star power with, with Sarah Shostrom and Maggie McNeil and Renomi Kromoyoyo, but it still feels like a wide open race. Um, and that's like the best to me, that's like peak world championship swimming is having a race that both has stars and feels like it could go anyway. I wish Kelsey Dahlia was there because she was so mm-hmm. good in ISL, but her sister Taylor just got married last week. Congratulations, Taylor. Um, well, it was an adorable <laughs> wedding in a cabin. It was so cute. Check it out on Instagram. Probably also, in Kentucky. Was it in Kentucky? Uh, I think it was in Tennessee. Tennessee. I think oh, it was in Nashville. Was. Yeah. I also don't think Kelsey was invited to the meet because of how they picked the roster. So, um, you know, you know who actually, you know, we talk a lot about the American selection system. And as I'm doing these previews, you know, who actually had a way like more painful selection system, Canada. Like Bailey Anderson is number one in the world in the 400 IM this year, and she she's not swimming it. And there's like mm. three swimmers in front of her in the pecking order because you know Summer McIntosh isn't swimming it either. Um, huh. And so Who is like Canada, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, Tess Tess Seplica and uh, Sydney Pickram. Oh I mean, yeah, I just see Pickram. That's it's right. Such a, it's such oh, like right. an odd event for a country like Canada to have that much depth in. But like yeah. uh, Bailey Anderson is the number one swimmer in the world, and she doesn't get to swim it. Long course or short course? Short course. Hmm. Wow. So she was the ISL leader. Bizarre. Too bad. Dang. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> 
So, so that's that's what I've got for the women's side. <laughs> lot lots of world short course championship action coming to you in just a couple days. In other international news, the Queensland Championships has drawn a myriad of swimmers down under to showcase uh, the first Aussie showing we've seen since the Olympics. Uh, Loretta, you've covered this meet. You're continuing to cover it as it is still happening. Um, And you're our international savant. Uh, What have you seen that stood out to you the most from Queensland so far? I I don't think that word means what you think it means, Coleman, but Loretta, go on. (laughs) Okay. So the 200 breast men's Zach Stubbley Cook, the Olympic champion, proved that his gold medal in Tokyo was not a fluke. Okay. He just totally threw down a 207 flat. Okay. For him, that's I can't believe third... more people weren't stoked about that. Oh my gosh. I was like, comments, come on, come on, come on. I, I think they were like stuck in US, like Western and Eastern Junior. I don't know. But yeah. bottom line, 207 flat. Okay. That still would have won the gold in Tokyo believe it or not. I think he wanted like 206.38 or something like that, but that still would have won gold. Okay. And it's his third fastest performance of his career. And he's, what is he? 22, 23, 24. Okay. So still totally viable for Paris 2024. And I, I personally don't know how long he's been training. I don't know if he took a break after Tokyo, but Queensland's championship, it, it, it's big. Okay. But it's not obviously like a world championship. So it's still, it, it's, it means a lot that it's quasi in season in a way for him. And I feel like he, what was his final split? It was like 3157, 3157 on his final 50. So it wasn't just like he, I, I, I don't know. I, I know. I know. So that for me was like the number one performance so far. And then uh, just today, Ariana Tipness, the 200 and 400 um, Olympic champion, um, did a 404 in the 400 free. I think it still would have landed on the podium um, in Tokyo. And yes, she has like a totally sub four minute, you know, badass time is like her personal best. But this, again, just kind of signified that she's just a total thoroughbred, like total, you know, speedster. She knows it's 400 free in and out. So I think she's honestly like the favorite already for Paris 2024. And then we have Molly O'Canahan. Uh, in the 17 year old Olympic medalist who also already won the 100 free, 100 back, 200 free. So, I mean, Aussies are looking good. So, so Molly, everybody will recall, is the swimmer who I guess surprised the Australian coaches at the Olympics. <laughs> they had this 800 free all lined up, you know, probably expecting to get the win with their stars, put Molly on the leadoff lay of the prelims relay. Oops, she broke the world junior record, but they, you know, they had to put Emma on, they had to put all these swimmers on. And if she had repeated her prelim swim, they would have won gold instead of bronze. So I think, I think now is her moment to show those coaches, like I'm the next star. You need to plan these relays with me on the finals relay. Like you can't, you can't put me in the, Oh, let's put her in prelims and and see how it works out group anymore. I'm now on the finals relay, no matter what. Yeah. I think the two tactical errors in that relay were one, not putting Leah Neal in prelims. And then two, also putting Titmus as the leadoff instead of the anchor. So that's a whole nother, you know, discussion, but I do feel like there were two major tactical errors on that particular relay. 
Um, but I also feel like this also begs the question, like, okay, Sheena Jack coming back from her two-year doping suspension hasn't raced since, you know, 2019. Yes, at these Queensland championships, it's just one competition. It's her first one back. She has put up some, like, near lifetime bests, okay? But with Molly, you know, C1, Camp- uh, Kate Campbell is still, you know, vying for Paris 2024, at least right now. Like, is there room for Sheena Jack? Yeah. I think... I think the Campbell sisters will retire before then. I, I mean, just like watching Kate's Instagram posts, it she feels to me as somebody who's transitioning to the next period of her life, personally. And I think to me, that's where the opening for Jack comes in. Um, I think you could also make the argument that maybe it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe some, there's a lot of good young sprinters in Australia and I think even the Campbell sisters for everything they've done for Australia and for how good they've been, I think it's past the point where they know that they are going to be able to sort of walk their way onto those relays. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the, the still have to make the team right at yep. trials or <laughs> at whatever trials it is. Um, and I, it's, you know, if Shana Jack can get back to her old best, and do it at a trials finals. It certainly seems like, yeah, she's she only can, 23. She can be there. I know. Even That's after the missing scary two part. Years. I know she was good. I mean, she started this. She was like 15 when she started making the big teams. Right. We'll see what 2022 worlds, like what they do there, maybe. And maybe that'll kind of carry their momentum for Paris 2024, or maybe it'll kind of be like, Oh, I'm hanging up my goggles. I don't even know if they're going to swim. Try. I mean, are, are either of them back in the pool yet? It's not mm-hmm. obvious that either is back in the pool no, yet. It's not. And, and Bronte has had, Bron- she, okay. she basically yes. said COVID hurt her shoulder to a point where she's got a rehab. So 2023 might be their target. They might be thinking, I'll go 23, 24 in a little block and then be done. Well, and yeah. also like yeah. they could like just swim the 50 and like make the relay or something like that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. sprinters have options. They um, do. Yep. One interesting point about Mally, I'm sorry, Molly O'Callaghan, she won three medals. <laughs> she was a prelim swimmer on all three of Australia's medaling relays, two of which were gold. So at mm-hmm. 17 years old, she's got three Olympic medals already. Yeah, I mean, but she could have three golds instead of two golds and a bronze. She, you're right. <laughs> but it's like, they, you don't know that. <laughs> they, they had the, you know, after the relay mishap for the four by two, at least they were like, Hey, swim the prelims, you know, anchor right. the prelims medley. Um, yeah. So it seems like she she's on a freight train and it's not stopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Bring it back to the domestic side of things. The College Swimming Coaches Association released their top 100 coaches of all time list. This, co- this list included coaching greats. Uh, college coaching greats such as Doc Council- Doc Councilman, Terry McKeever, Dave Durden, the list goes on. Uh, but what I want to know from you two, who who's your biggest snub? Who are you Ooh. disappointed at most that did not Ooh. make the list? I think they did pretty good. I'm going to go on record saying that. I know we have about 600 other coaches in the comments that absolutely had to be on the top 100 list. <laughs> I think they did pretty good. Um, if I had to pick a snub, it would be Rob Orr from Princeton. Um, he's got 330 dual meet wins, which I know in college swimming, dual meet wins aren't that big of a deal, 
but in the Ivy League, I think they're a bigger deal than in most places. Um, 23 conference titles, a couple of NCAA champion relays. You know, he he was there when Princeton was still sort of a big national power. Um, to me, if I was going to add somebody to the list, I think it might be him. For me, it's Bernardino. I think that he had enough swimmers under his belt that he could add himself to the list and not anyone wouldn't bat an eye at him. So I feel like he's also still on staff. He's still kind of like in the circle. So for him not to be on the list was a little surprising for me. That's Mark Bernardino, who was the head coach at Virginia for a long time. Won a lot of ACC championships, took that program that was, you know, the women's program was pretty new, I think. And the men's program was not very good and made it into the Virginia that Todd DeSorbo has taken over and done, taken to an even new level. Um, he had some NCAA champions, some Olympians. So I think that's probably a good one too. We could, we could obviously go on and on about that, but we'll leave it there. <laughs> that's enough college swim coaches talk. And with that, it's time to play our favorite game, sink or swim. First up today on sink or swim, we had a shout from the stands special that, uh, toyed around with the idea of Sarah Shostrom swimming in the NCAA. So my question for you, if Sarah swam at least two years in the NCAA, would she have three NCAA records, 50 free hundred free hundred fly today? Yes, I am (laughs) swimming this there. You know, we could, I love, first of all, I love swim, swam fanfic. Um, (laughs) But Uh, if, you know, we could do this with a lot of athletes, but I think to me, there's nobody for whom this makes more sense than Sarah. She was, I mean, she, she broke the world record at 14 and was the world champion at 14, right? In 2009, she was 14. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not like out of the realm of reason to presume she was, she was already the best in the world at 18, like no questions asked. And, and for anybody who remembers, Um, I know a lot of swimmers have caught up to her, but she was just hammering these records. She was pulling, she was breaking her own records, um, in ways that like made herself look slow and, and her own (laughs) original records were already making everybody else look slow. So, and she was doing that at a college appropriate age, which I think is a big key to this sort of discussion is like, are they doing it at a college appropriate age? So I am absolutely swimming that she would have at least three NCAA records if she had swum at least two years. Okay. Unpopular opinion. I'm sinking it. Okay. Because yards is like an American thing. (laughs) I feel like there are so many people that grow up swimming yards day in, day out, and they go to college and like, that's their thing. So I feel like it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to like, puts Sarah in this yards like realm. It's it's just foreign to me. Like she's meters, like long. Louise Hansen figured it out. Yeah. Because she was in a college program. Like, and like, we saw that as evidence. Like, I just feel like this is totally hypothetical, like too hypothetical, too hypothetical. I can't go there. That's what fanfic is all about. <laughs> Braden, Braden, you said this was like the, the best person to do this with. I was like, who else could we have done it with? I was like, we should have done it with Katinka. And then I was like, oh, she did swim in the NCAA. <laughs> Never okay. mind. We've uh, done that. Fanfic, Katinka Hozu, but Shane Tusup is swimmer coach at USC. 
Okay. I mean, he was a swimmer at USC. I know. That's why I said swimmer coach Coleman. That's a thing that used to happen in sports in like the 1920s. Yeah. Look it up. Where's Tori when I need her? Okay. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, We saw Golden Goggles hosted in Miami this past week. You can go read about it if you didn't read about it already. Uh, But my head, my takeaway was that Katie Ledecky won her seventh athlete of the female athlete of the year award, tying her for Michael Phelps for the most golden goggles in that category. Do you think that she will win an eighth and pass the goat to become herself the goat? I'm swimming this begrudgingly. I have lots of grudges with the golden goggles and how they're given out. And I understand why they do it. Like it's a, it's a happy puffy event. And the more they can get Caleb Dressel and Katie Ledecky on the stage, the better it is for USA. So, I mean, I get all of that. Um, I think she's going to continue to win the 800 and the 1500 for as long as she wants to. And if you start looking around at the U S women's team and who might win two individual golds in Olympic events, it's a, it's not a long list like Reagan Smith could, um, maybe Tori Husk, you could talk about maybe, you know, there's a lot of maybes, but I think Katie Ledecky will continue to go through the next two world championships and Paris and churn out her 800, 1500 when, a. a a medal of some color in the 400, maybe pick one Mm -hmm. up in the 200 swim, at least a relay. And based on the way they pick these things, that's just going to be enough. You know, I, I am of the camp that I think Katie Ledecky might be done swimming best times, but she's still going to win the medals that will justify giving her this award at least once in, in this quad. So I think she absolutely will get number eight. Yeah, I totally swim it as well. I for the reason that she's not retiring, she's not going anywhere. She still is world class. Like Braden said, she may not be clocking the best times, but she's so far and away above so many other swimmers that she to put her on the podium at major elite events is not a, a stretch by any means. So I think the fact that the golden goggles goggles are based off of international elite performances, I think that she's a shoe in for getting at least one more. Would you all have picked someone else for female athlete of the year this year? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I just, American wise, <laughs> I don't know. No. no, no, because like, who else won gold yeah, medals? Right. Um, yeah, right. Jacoby. True. What? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Jacoby won the hundred breasts. Um, and she uh, got she got race of the year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And, and, you know, they're, they're behind the scenes. They're splitting these awards. Um, you know, like, Oh, Ledecky gets this one. So Jacoby can have this one. Um, that's it. Right. It was just the three of them. So I guess, I guess not. Yeah. I get, well, the fan vote, I'm not, they don't tell us how they use the fan vote. So my guess is that the fan vote doesn't really matter. You're so cynical. I know. Um, it's all a conspiracy. It's my job. Um, I guess not anybody this year because there, I think there were opportunities for other swimmers to get it this year, but maybe those swimmers didn't come through. Like I think Lily King could have gone hundred breast, 200 breast, and then she could have gotten it, but she didn't. So no, she probably should have gotten it this year. I, I wish there was just a little more emphasis on a swimmer who 
improved a lot. Not that it should be a most improved award either. I don't, I don't know that I want that either. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wish, I hope, I hope somebody like Reagan Smith next year wins a couple of individual golds so that this becomes a real conversation. I guess you're right, Coleman, that this year that it, it wasn't really a real conversation. It just felt like she was off in a couple of races and off her best. And it's weird to give somebody a swimmer of the year award. Who's not swimming best times, but well, still winning lots of medals. when you guys were saying that I'll like, like, this is what like insanely good athletes do, right. They just like set the bar way too high. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if Tom Brady's winning every year, it's just like, Oh God, can we someone else do this? Or, you know, <laughs> Michael Jordan or who, you know, whoever it's just like, she was obviously the best athlete, even though she's like nowhere near her best. You're right. But it's like, right. yeah. Right. Anyway, neither. Moving on. It is here and there, Coleman. It's, it it's is here, both and, here there. and there. It's here and there. <laughs> Our last sinker swim of the day, David Popovich, international superstar, and boy Wunderkind. <laughs> Another question you're going to ask, and I already know Loretta's going to fight me. Signs with Arena. He the, the best part about that was that he looked badass in those pictures. Yeah. He signs with Arena, so I got to know is uh, is this going to is this going to push him over the limit and give him the boost he needs to win medals this week at Short Course Worlds? Sink swim. or swim? He swim. He is totally going to top. Okay, not top. I should say. He'll be in the top three. I'm thinking of the 100 free, okay? The 200 free, I don't think, Braden, you did the preview. I don't think you, what did you have him as? You didn't have him in, in your top three. I'm thinking. I, I did not. Yeah. He's, or, or, sorry, in the 100, but, or in the 50. Oh, well, I'm that, already I'm not on saying the record 50. with my, with 50, my answer no, no, no. to this one. 50, 50 he's, he's, that's not his, his yeah. shtick. But 100 and 200, he's definitely going to be on the podium. I'm saying it right now. So, yeah. But why? I mean, but why was he only 142 in the 200 free at Euros? Like 142 isn't going to cut it. So, what? I mean, call a time. Call your time. What do you think his time's going to be in the 200 free? Well, okay. See, the thing is, at these at these international championships, it's like best times go out the window. It's just they they play to the field, like whatever the field. Yeah, but that was his best time. It just wasn't that fast. It wasn't medal worthy. Okay. And I think okay, it was a but you guys, second okay. plus for metal. But you wanted here. me to put Carson Foster in the 400 IM, like top three? I mean, yes. it's like, okay, well. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I think he's going to be fourth in the 100 and the 200 free. That's what okay. I think. I don't think, I think because think about the lead up, think about the summer. We saw him swim fast like a few times in a row, right? Mm-hmm. And, and. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that fast at Euros. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't world medal times at Euros because I think those 100, 200 free are good races. Ago. I mean, he he literally had okay. He had Euros and then he had the Olympics. I mean, like a lot of swimmers didn't do both. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I, sinking it. I think he's going to have. I okay. think he's got a better shot in the hundred just because of the field. But I think the 200 free field is too good. I but think I, that's okay, a, I'm just that's saying. I think argument. he thrives on that. I do. I think he thrives on that and like wants to to make his mark. So I think this is going to be it for him. I, 
I, that's it. Well, see, I'm looking at the summer and that's why I'm swimming it is because he went to Euro juniors and crushed it. And then he went to the Olympics and got better, you know, or like he was <laughs> right around where he was. And it like he, the, the 200 free field at the Olympic final was insane. And he got fourth and like it coming off of euros. Like we already know he can double taper. We, and my thing is he didn't swim ISL, which granted, mm-hmm less short course meters racing, but like he lives in Europe, he races short course probably pretty often, or at least trains it often. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he he's, you know, he's probably focused on this meet and like, this is, he's resting. He's going to do. Oh my guess how many short course meters meets he's swum since 2018. (laughs) Five. Okay. I'm going to set the over under at three. (laughs) Is it three? Okay, but I'm just saying, okay, so I tried to look up Carson Foster's 4 a.m. times and short course meters, couldn't find any. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm just uh, saying it's it's anybody. It's anybody. This is this unless you're ISL, you have very few. This is gonna be Popovich's meat. <laughs> Thank you, Coleman. <laughs> okay, I'm sure I'm gonna pay for this next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. You guys, you guys are convinced. If you're convincing me of one thing, it's that somebody is going to suffer on next week's podcast. <laughs> oh no! Done Bad. and done. <laughs>